Genesis chapter 6, from verse number 8. The Bible says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse number 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Verse number 10, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Verse number 11, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both men and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. And the noise given directives and measurements as to how he was to build the ark. The Lord had blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your most holy word. We ask now that you will bless this sharing and cause your people, wherever they are located, to not only hear your word, but to be touched and blessed by it, to be guided by it, and that faith will arise and your people will have their needs met. We seek these blessings now through Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, with thanksgiving. Amen. Praise God. For the past few weeks, the Lord has burnt a word very deeply in my heart. And, and last Monday, I shared a portion of this with, uh, with the church as we were concluding our 21 days period of prayer. And some during this period were even fasting. But as we were concluding the 21 days of prayer, and we we're praying around the clock in teams and groups. Um, this is part of what the Lord gave me. But I'd like to offload the remainder of what is with this. And the word is entitled, Appropriating God's Favor in Difficult Times. Appropriating God's Favor in Difficult Times. Verse number eight says, but Noah found favor. Noah found favor. And all we've read regarding Noah is self-evident and self-explanatory. Noah was living at a very, very difficult time. And yet the Bible records, Noah found favor in the sight of God. 
The name Noah is believed to come from the Hebrew word Noach, which means rest and comfort. There are some scholars who think that it might mean the very opposite, like to believe that the Noach word indeed is the right one, rest and comfort. The ones who think about the opposite emphasize grief. But then, if grief and disappointment is the order of the day, this is the day that we are talking about here, where God as well was in fact grieved with the works of mankind. He was disappointed with man's conduct. And so if you read the earlier portions uh, in verse number five, the Bible says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Can you imagine what this was like? And I can assure you that it is very much reminiscent of our times. And the things that we face today speak for themselves. As a matter of fact, even the pandemic has an aspect which we don't want to continue to project in the conversation, but it's a reality because the pandemic itself has questions as to its origin and then the roles of different people and organs in the response, in the distribution of, of the uh, say the vaccines and so on, there are moral questions. People are asking, is this the right way to go? Because the strong and the rich and the mighty started by focusing on themselves. Those are questions. They're moral questions we might ask. And God in these moments is disappointment, is disappointed when there are issues that impact the weak more drastically and more more significantly and gravely than others, really because of the conditions in which the weak find themselves. So there's everything in what we are facing today that can cause us to understand that God's heart is to some extent quite heavy because of how we as humanity treat each other and how we aggravate the situation, the situations in which we find ourselves. And so, the name Noah is an important name because it speaks of rest and comfort. And it is good that we have gone to an account of a man such as Noah to read some words that are going to bring us comfort. We're focusing this message on favor. Appropriating God's favor in difficult times. The word fervor is very common to believers and even in some cases to non-believers. In the passage we have read, the word fervor comes from a Hebrew word, hanan. It occurs here for the first time in the Bible, the very first time. And it means to show mercy or kindness. It is really the exact equivalent of God's grace. That is why you'll find that some uh, biblical versions, some Bible versions, 
Instead of using the word favor, they will say, but Noah found grace. It's exactly the same. Favor is to do with God's gracious act of kindness upon us as human beings. Some other equivalent words, loveliness. I've already mentioned kindness. Mercy comes close. So when he talks about God being gracious to us, it is God's intervention in allowing his grace to come towards us. And I pray that today you will find a way of appropriating God's favor in your circumstance, no matter how difficult your circumstance might be. Another word that's close to the word Hanan within um, the Hebrew language is the word Hanun. It also means to show mercy. But it adds the aspect of compassion. So then we find God acting in graciousness towards his people. But then there is also the aspect of being compassionate. And so you will find that the priestly blessing in Numbers chapter 6 pronounces the desire of the priest saying over the people, may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord show kindness to you. It's this whole arrangement of favor. Ah, so beloved, may favor be your portion today in Jesus' holy name. May the Lord show you mercy. May the Lord show you grace. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you, Zambia, and show you his peace and his compassion. And so when you read, for instance, in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, the Bible says there, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. A very tough word at the end there. We've preached from this before and you can understand that it's to do with the fact that the jealousness of God leads him to have to act in justice and in judgment when the creation turns away from him. But in this case, we're focusing on favor. That's God showing mercy and kindness being gracious to us. And so what we find in Exodus 34 here, uh, and I quote from a very, very uh, high-level scholar who says, and I quote, the gracious acts of God are often revealed together with his righteousness as he judges evil, and quote. So it's a, it's a very powerful balance 
of his gracious acts. And that's what we see in the first portion of Exodus chapter 34 there. But then while he's showing that graciousness, the gracious acts of God are often revealed together with his righteousness. And his righteousness leads us to his justice. Righteousness and justice are together. And leads us to his justice in that he acts to show that he is a righteous God. So in the midst of a corrupt generation in Noah's time, the Bible says in verse number eight of Genesis six, but Noah found favor, meaning he attracted the act of God's grace towards him, God's compassion towards him. In fact, if you read on into verse number nine, the Bible says, this is the account of Noah, Genesis 6, verse 9, and his family. Noah was a righteous man. So what impresses us here is the fact that God sees Noah's stability in the midst of a very, very degenerate situation. People had become corrupt. And God was moved to have to act in judgment. Noah received God's favor. And he says that he lived as a righteous man, blameless, among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully before God. Beloved, may that be your portion today in Jesus' holy name. So I bring a word to us. For us to be able to find the instrumentality of accessing God's favor in these difficult times. When everything around us is so boisterous, so challenging, so depressing, so difficult, that on every turn, we're talking with some people yesterday, and we were in a meeting with a number of people, and then um, the chair of that meeting said, you know, we're living in a day and time where when you see the phone, you hear the phone ringing, you see what number is coming, you're not sure whether you should pick it up because you don't know what you're going to hear. This is the kind of day in which we live. Ah, but beloved, may you find favor in God's presence. May favor be your portion. So we've explained favor. And let's say it in ordinary terms. Favor in this case then means God stepping into your situation, stepping into our situation and making a worthwhile, visible and identifiable difference. Where he steps in by his mercy, by his power, he changes things around. He makes a worthwhile difference. Favor is God bringing us into a place where we connect with Him, with His grace, with His mercy, with His compassion. And so He overwhelms us and covers us, overwhelms us positively and covers us with His grace. And as you heard Alice leading us here, we were not there at the beginning of time, but in His, as far as God is concerned, that's the point of reference. And at the beginning of time, creation 
was at his command. He spoke and things came to be. And if the rocks, as that song says, lift up their voices and they praise him, so will I. You and I must be able to praise him because we are recipients of his favor. And while living righteously and faithfully is important, God's favor means his grace coming towards us. And grace is really meaning the fact that what we are receiving, we don't deserve. We have not worked for it. It is God in his compassion just desiring to bestow his mercy, his favor, his grace upon us. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. He is stepping into your situation. He is stepping into your business. He is stepping into your family. I know that you have news of an uncle, news of a mother, news of a grandfather, news of a nephew or a niece somewhere, maybe on oxygen, somewhere in, critical, in a critical condition, somewhere having lost loved ones around you. But God's favor is on you today. May you be encouraged in Jesus' name. And let me speak to us as a nation that during this time and day, we must look to God in reality. It's been a very, very tumultuous time. Can you imagine us? We've just come out of a 21-day period of um, mourning and at the same time celebrating the life of a founding father in the name of Dr. Kenneth David Kaunda. Can you imagine that during that very period is when uh, the third wave of the pandemic really just rose and then we began to hear news everywhere of people getting ill, critically ill and being admitted into hospitals and our hospital facilities being stretched beyond measure. What do we do as a nation when these kinds of things are happening? I speak God's favor over you, Zambia. God's favor is upon you. And I'll illustrate that shortly from God's word. So I want to suggest three channels or instruments that God uses and makes available to us in order for us to access his favor. Three channels or instruments that God uses. Channel number one is something I have called revelation. Now, it's not the first time we're talking about revelation. We've handled this from so many angles. Last Friday, I had a meeting with our pastors, and I made reference to this. Revelation. I draw your attention to um, Genesis chapter 6, and we will now be picking up at verse number 13. But the three channels are revelation, resilience, and relevance. But let's start with revelation. In Genesis chapter 6, reading at verse number 13. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Now, what we have here is God revealing himself to Noah in the midst of this crisis where God is disappointed with his own creation, the people have become corrupt, and um, he decides he has to move in to destroy. 
But in that moment, he has seen Noah as righteous. And he comes in with a revelation. A few weeks ago, on um, the occasion of Father's, um, Father's Day, I brought a teaching from Genesis 18 and talked about revelation as well at that point and mentioned the fact that relationship is the foundation of revelation. And we saw how Abraham, in his relationship with God, is visited by God through the messengers that God sent from heaven, angelic messengers. And they walked with Abraham. And God said in Genesis 18 and verse number 17 and 18, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? So God reveals that he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a similar arrangement here. So when your relationship is right, and I urge you during this time of crisis, nurse your relationship, harness your relationship with God. This is our foundation. When your relationship is right, God find ways of ministering to you and bringing revelation to you. Right now as I speak, here is God's revelation to you. And the revelation is that God's favor is on your life. Yes, there are so many things that God is, um, is concerned about as He sees what's happening around us in the world. But while this is the case, God looks at you as his son and all daughter and he looks with favor and he brings revelation. He's about to do some things in revelation. God speaks to his people. And I pray that today you will see what God is saying. And in, in the song that uh, was being done here a little earlier by Alice, we heard again uh, the, the pronouncement that he is faithful and he has never failed me yet. God will never fail you. And by revelation today, he speaks his word. We read earlier in Psalm 68, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. May God open your eyes to see that there are armies of heaven surrounding you at this time. Even if the battle gets so deep and so rough and so difficult for us as families and for us as a nation, I remind us Zambia, God is laboring and fighting for us. He is watching over us. He is watching over us because He cares for our lives. May this revelation bless your heart and lift you up in Jesus' holy name. And so Noah is visited by God. And God says, make an ark. Gather your family. And gather from every species of the creation, uh, the animals out there, two by two. Uh, gather them after you've finished building the ark. And we all know that Noah with his family entered that ark. And the Bible says, God closed the door. And the rain began. Flood covered the whole face of the earth. There's a deluge. It's like the flood of calamity that we have now. But hey, beloved, it will not last. So revelation is an instrument. It's a channel that God uses. And revelation is simply God disclosing himself, showing himself forth. May God come through for you. May you see his work. And we have seen his work. Many loved ones, I know we have lost, but then we also know that God has moved in to retrieve and to bring recovery to so many of our loved ones. We have seen his hand. We have held on 
on to His promises. And as we've cried out to Him, we've seen loved ones recover and come through. And we've seen God's mercy in this area. His revelation becomes visible. He speaks and He demonstrates His power. May that be your experience during this period. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to move on to the second item. It's resilience. I draw your attention now to Genesis 7, reading at verse number 17. For 40 days, the flood kept coming up, kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark above the earth. Take note of that. The floods were coming. They lifted the ark above the earth. The same floods were drowning people out there and drowning everything else that was living. But the ark was being lifted. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water. Hallelujah. Beloved, may you float during this season. May you float during this season. May these floods of calamity simply be a catalyst to lift you and your family. Keep your head high. Remove fear from your heart. God is building resilience. Resilience is the capacity to cope, the capacity to survive. I'm looking into the eyes of survivors today. I'm speaking to survivors today. I'm speaking to survivors today. You will live and not die. God is on the throne. God is on your side. That's why we began the service by saying, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Psalm 68 verse 19, they are saved. And we read it already. Blessed be God who daily bears our burdens. He's building resilience. Cast your burdens and your cares upon him. First Peter 5 verse 8. For he cares for you. God is looking after you. But you see, he does not have to prevent this calamity from us in order for us to grow. In fact, when he allows these things to come, they help to build resilience. So let the flood come. But the ark of your family, the ark of your business, the ark of your hope, the ark of our nation is being lifted to a new level. A day after we laid our beloved founding father, to rest. I had the opportunity to lead a delegation of um, uh, a team from the City University of Science and Technology, which is one of the private universities where I'm privileged to be chancellor. And as we walked into the Kaunda house and we met with the family there, and after all that we had to do, they asked for prayer. I was there in a different capacity, but they said, Bishop, we know you're here as chancellor of the university, but as far as we know, you're here still as the bishop. So pray for us before you leave. And so we turned to prayer. And as we were praying, the Lord brought this word to my mind. So after we completed prayer, I shared, and I share it today because it's an open word. I shared, I said, I sense 
that God is reminding this family, that's the counter family I mentioned, but I said, God is also reminding us as a nation that while we have faced this flood, and I made reference to the fact that we were mourning during this period, but then we've, we've seen the surge of numbers and the surge of the pandemic and so on. And I said that this is a new level for Zambia. So I speak to us as a nation again. The arc of Zambia is rising. We are rising. It's a new level. We have been lifted. God has built a new level of resilience for all of us as families, even for our institutional um, uh, institutions, even our health institutions, by coping, and, and even though we've been stretched at this level, new lessons have been learned. The next time that anything like this happens, if ever, we know that we are better able to handle. We've been stretched to the limit. But you see, when we are stretched to the limit, in God's economy, when things are stretched, He comes in. Because when we are weak, we are strong. Because God comes in at the moment when we feel weakest. So let's pick up resilience. The flood is rising, but so is the ark. So is our faith. So is our strength. The Bible says when I'm weak, let the weak say rather, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Why? Because of what the Lord has done. Praise be to his holy name. When you go into chapter 8 of Genesis, verse 3 says, The waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat. I can assure you, beloved, this flood will recede. It doesn't matter how long it takes, but it will recede. And your ark, my ark, the ark of the nation will rest on a mountain. And take note that again is the spiritually depictive of the fact that by this calamity around us, we have been raised and lifted to another level of dealing with challenges and building resilience. In Jesus' holy name. We will never be the same again because God has taught us to battle and to fight. I want to go to the last part of this message today. So we've dealt with two channels at the moment. Revelation, resilience. We've got the channel and instrumentality number three. It's what I call relevance. During this period of the deluge, Noah continues in conversation with God. In chapter 9 and verse number 1, the Bible records, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, and fill the earth. Take note that the earth had been depleted completely of all life. So human life, animal life, everything was gone. It is Noah who is told to now play a role 
of replenishing the earth. This is the same promise, or rather similar, to what was given uh, to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1. Very, very powerful. So God helps Noah to see that with everything that had happened, he cannot distance himself or detach himself from the realities around him. There had been a population depletion. The earth now needed to be refilled. And Noah and his children now needed to play a role. It's a question of relevance. Beloved, as this calamity is going on, you and I must find ways, practical ways of reaching out to one another. As I said, I've said in the past two weeks, even at the end of a service, I encourage you to think of someone you can show kindness to. Be relevant. Be practical. Many people are challenged. Sources of income, disturbed. And we've got to find ways of reaching out to one another. But let me also say lightly, as I have often indicated to us as believers, this also tells you something about the reality of our relevance in making sure that we continue to participate in church growth. I've talked about that before and sometimes jokingly, but this is a reality. Our relevance also means the fact that as we uh, have lost loved ones and, and there's a reality of a depopulation agenda that again is not the easiest thing to bring into this picture here, but it's real. And I must speak to us as Africa, numbers matter. As Zambia, numbers matter. You young families, during these times, we must make sure that we do our part in procreation because it's God's order of bringing numbers to a place where in the church, the church is growing numerically by us growing through procreation as much as we do through evangelism. There's relevance there. And I want you to keep this in mind as a very important lesson. But as we talk about relevance, let me address an aspect that has to do with our focus for the year. This is the year in which we are looking at community transformation and looking at the mission of Jesus right in the community. And as we think about the mission of Jesus in the community, we need to think about the needs of people. And this past week, I must tell you, was a great delight because we as a church had an opportunity to show this level of relevance. Many of you are aware that we run a ministry called Circle of Hope. We run an antiretroviral therapy center located in the McKinney area. Thousands of families for so many years now have been receiving help through this facility. And we're um, graciously supported by um, grants from the uh, American government, and this continues to be a lifesaver for so many. But in the recent um, years, last year and and half, going into two years now, there has been a growth into our engagement in the community. We've partnered with um, 30 locations within the city of Lusaka. We are present and working in every single market in Lusaka working with the ordinary people there and helping to provide very vital, vital services, awareness regarding HIV, but also uh, granting people access and pointing them to places where they can be able to receive treatment. 
And as we do this, we are conquering HIV. But then, in the last few months, it became clear that we've got to be able to do something about this pandemic called COVID-19. And Sake of Hope, in partnership with the unions in the markets and so on in the past week, some of you may have seen it, um, address the nation, calling upon the ordinary participants who are in the markets to do more, to think about how to mask up, to think about what measures they can take to at least take care of themselves and those around them. They've come up with some uh, guidelines and, and the effect, ways of affecting that more effectively. We've all been concerned about the numbers in the markets and what this may be doing uh, in terms of exacerbating the pandemic. But I, I, I refer to Sake of Hope just because this is our ministry. And we are deep there in the community, working together with the people. This is what we talk about when we consider relevance. So we're reaching hearts of people, reaching out. And um, um, Elder Makangila, our executive director, was able to make some suggestions. And he said, look, look, look at how we can... Talk about ourselves in the families. Can we mask up within the families? We're talking about being down there within the families. So it's not just masking up out there in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the streets, but also in the homes. Because young people are going out, bringing infections into the homes. And if we do that within the homes, we can make a difference. But then let's bring a more comprehensive message. While we have medications, let's also talk about sleeping uh, sufficient hours, number of hours, eating well, looking after one another, building and boosting our, our, our immunities, and making sure that in all these ways, we are helping our bodies to cope, as well as accessing all the other medical facilities, including the vaccines that are available. I'm talking about relevance. So wherever you are as a family, think about the next neighbor. Think about the family next to you. See what you can do to help them cope. Relevance. Noah was helped by God to see that the deluge and its devastation was real, but that Noah and his small family could play a role to bring replenishment and bring order. May you find that to be your place during this period. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Now, beloved, as I go towards wrapping up our message for today. We're focusing on accessing and appropriating God's favor in times, in difficult times. I have suggested with God's help that revelation is a channel. I have suggested with God's help that he's building resilience in us. And I have suggested that relevance is a channel. And if we can utilize these channels, God will continue to bring his favor. So we have our role. Our role is to simply harness the relationship we have with God. And he's already ready. So let me wrap it up by calling our attention to two supporting passages. One in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament. The one in the New Testament is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Here's why we must hold on to those channels. Because as we hold on to those channels and we utilize them, God will never fail. I remind you again what Alice was singing for us earlier. He's faithful. He has never failed me yet. He will not fail us 
now. So Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. In the new uh, living translation, it says, and I'll do it from two translations, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hope is waning in many lives. You and I cannot afford it to let that hope wane. Let's hold on tightly and waveringly to this hope that comes from the Lord. Because his favor is on our lives. His favor is on your life. Let's just appropriate it in Jesus' holy name. In the NIV, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. So Hebrews 10, 23. The other passage is from 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. And as soon as I finish this one, Alice will come up and just um, lead us again. Band, get ready and take position as well. First Kings 8, verse 56 to 61. Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel. Let's say his people, Zambia. Just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. Beloved, not one word will fail, even now. So here's my prayer for us. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors, said, um, says the word of God here. And you know, these were the words being spoken at the dedication of the temple. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands, decrees, and laws he gave our ancestors. Yes, ban, take position and just start it softly. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord, the God, the Lord our God, day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of of his people Israel according to each day's need. I want to speak this word over our nation Zambia, over our continent Africa. May he uphold the cause of our continent, the cause of our nation, the cause of your family according to each day's need. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. And beloved, may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decrees and obey his commands so as at this time. So that as we go back to that song again, if the rocks will praise him, so will I. If the creatures 
will lift up their voices. A billion creatures responding to him. So will I. Let's just recess briefly. The presence of the Lord as Alice leads us. I'll come back to wrap up. A time to pray for needs and to bring us together before God's presence. Hallelujah. Fleshed out the wonder of life And as you speak A hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath The planets form to worship so alive I can see your heart in everything you make every burning star a signal fire of grace if creation sings your praises so alive so Syllable empty or void. For once you have spoken, oh nature and science, follow the sound of your voice. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures your breath evolving in pursuit of what you say if it all reveals your nature so alive I could see your heart in everything you say every painted sky a canvas of
to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roll your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If the sound of all our praises still falls
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. And I'm still in your hand. This is my confidence. You never found me. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hand. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. You never failed me yet. You never failed me yet. You never failed. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. And I still believe. Yes, this is my confidence. You never fail me yet. You never fail me. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Mercies undo every morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So, beloved, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've been listening to the message today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him. He is faithful, He loves you. And wherever you are, at, if you want to receive him as Lord and Savior, it's as simple as you being able to make a prayer. And you can say as follows, directing this prayer to the Lord. So, dear Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your love. I know I am a sinner and I've gone away from you. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. I open the door of my heart and I invite you, Jesus, to come inside my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. Help me to live a new life. I submit myself to you and I ask that you help me to live a life as your child. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, 
for saving me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you've prayed that prayer, then I would like you right uh, as, as, as you watch this service now to quickly inbox us and be able to reach someone here at the church following uh, the directives that you see and that you can follow so that you can be able to receive the help that you require. God is big. Today, your life is transformed because of Him. So act on that just now and help to tell others what has just happened. And for the rest of us who are believers, we've talked about something very, very important today. God's favor. We've talked about appropriating that. So once you, regardless of what your situation is, to bow before the Lord now as we pray. God is on your side. You are not alone. In the midst of the calamities or the calamity, whatever it is, God is with you. His favor is on your life.